Bars FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to An Axe to the Root. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness. Ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher. Soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Friday, October 20th in the year 2023. This has been a crazy day of um, problems online. Podbean is literally ineffective right now. So for those of you that are wondering if you're over on Podbean and you're streaming in there and you can understand this, get over to YouTube because that's where we are right now. Uh, Podbean is a mess and it's we don't really know what's going on. It's not just me. It's a number of podcasters that have been unable to get audio signal um, to transmit in without being garbled. And I've put in numerous tickets today on Podbean. And unfortunately, Podbean's tech team doesn't come in till late at night. So we'll have to see what they do and if they can fix it. But for now, we're here on YouTube. And I haven't been here for a long time. So I guess that's like, wow, we're back. I just want to make a special mention here because today was a frustrating day. And um, this is where we're so blessed to have good friends and good people in our lives. I literally worked for three hours trying to get this connection working with YouTube, even the stream. And it's not easy. It it sounds easy, should be easy, never works that way because that's technology. And especially in this day and age, since technology is getting more advanced, we're supposedly supposed to go along with its a greater level of retardation, which continues to drive us crazy. So anyway, I was able to even have this show tonight, thanks to Michelle Resistance Chicks, because she was able to get on the phone and troubleshoot with me one of the simple problems. But it's, again, it's the details in technology that always causes headaches, and it's not native to how we work. And so it's like one of those moments you're like, Jesus, knock out the demons. I'm telling you, this is really pretty crazy. It is like a demonic attack today. The sound quality on Podbean sounds like backtrack masking of a demonic voice. And I'm, I've, list, I've worked with it all day long and trying to isolate the problem. And there's no question that the problem is in Podbean's platform. But anyway, so such as that. Patriots, before we get going tonight, one of the things that is really important to appreciate is that we are in a time of warfare where this these elites are going to do anything and everything to break you and make you submissive to them. Part of that weapon system that they use is food, and food is a crazy weapon system. You need to be prepared. You need to have emergency food supplies in stock. I grow most of our food. We dry it. We've set it aside. I still need a basis of emergency food, and I recommend that all of you do the same. And that's, frankly, why we have My Patriot Supply. They're a fantastic group. They're the number one, they're the leader in emergency food in the nation. And right now, if you will head on over to preparewithbards.com, that's our location, our page over there, and you'll get $200 off on the three-month emergency food kit. These are food kits that are just like life insurance for the family. And we can't, we have to all admit that there's some pretty crazy things going on. 
And of course, um, we all know that it is a complete conspiracy tin hat idea that anyone would ever conceive of the idea that we have weather warfare going on. And we, we also know that there's uh, no such thing as a international cabal of criminals that wants to ruin your life and, and break the food chain. Nor, nor would we have things like you know, lightning strikes blowing things up and corrupted diseases infecting our food system and wealthy people buying up farmland to seal off the farmers and cut your food supply off. That, of course, is complete and total conspiracy. And that's why we have My Patriot Supply. <laughs> so head on over to My Patriot Supply. You head to preparewithbards.com and uh, take advantage of the great savings. Get yourself stocked up. Get one quint kit for every member of the family, and you'll be happy. An axe to the root. We are dealing with one of the most pernicious evils we have ever imagined. And this evil feeds on children. And it's about time that we start to take a position on this. And I'm going to begin with what we're going to be doing. And this is a dual effort. This is like coast to coast, Holy Spirit style. This is awesome. And so it's been a back and forth. And we are going to wage war at the end of this month. And we are going to be taking back dominion over the night. And I'm super excited about this. I've been like energized about it all day long. So we started kind of with an idea, like shoot a signal flare up. And the idea came when I was talking to CJ, who you know, some of you don't know. She was at, uh, and she told me to be very clear about this. She is a SRA survivor and overcomer. So it's important. She's, she's stepped into the overcomer part. I'm so proud of her. It's awesome. So we were talking, and we, and we were talking about this idea of having worship on the night of the 31st, which is literally like the worst of the witching hours when it gets an early part of the morning. And then arrives Michelle and Leah, resistance chicks, and they say, wait, Scott, hold your horses. And I'm like, okay, what do we got? And they're like, okay, we have another idea. And, and of course, that was almost like a cliffhanger because it's like, more to come on this. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, what do we got going? So the deal is, that where we are is that this was their inspiration, and I'm it's like super energized. And Michelle says, Okay, listen, I'm leaving you. It was a late night message. She says, I'm leaving you a message, and here's the deal. They had this fantastic meeting with Pastor Neil Peterson, and uh, they, they were good. They have this measure one going on in Ohio. If you don't know what that is, that, that is in fundamental sense, measure one is when the devil starts to take its seat in the law of Ohio, literally legalizing pedophilia. And just so I speak to every Ohioan out there, if you don't get out and vote against that thing or whatever you're, whatever direction you're supposed to go, yes, no, because your ballot was so confusing last time, it was hard to keep track of it. Vote this thing out. And if you sit on your tail in Ohio and you don't come out in force to vote this thing down, I'm just going to say it. You're going to hell. It would be like a nice bed in the lake of fire for you to burn in for not standing up to the children. So this is time now. we got to take it back. Okay, so I just got confirmation. Thank you, M Michelle. Vote no in Ohio on issue number one. So vote no on issue number one. Super important. This is part of taking the ax to the root. Our root in this world is child sex trafficking. It is child. They are the commodities. The elites use children as commodities. And in Ohio, child 
sex trafficking is about to be mainstream legalized and the pedophiles are about ready to be given a free pass. And why is that? Because there's so many pedophiles that are in government and in our leadership that they're now going so far. And don't let us not forget our friends in the cartel and the gangs that have all found great methods to make money by trafficking children. See, that's the source problem. The end problem are the users. And I'm, men, you're going to get a nuke put right in your lap right now. Because even though there are both sexes involved in the porn industry, the number one consumers of pornography in the world is the U.S. public. And the number one users of the genders, and there's only two, just so we don't get confused. I swear I'm going to retrain the AI by the time we're through tonight. There's only two genders. And now I hear the AI cranking away and it's spinning off into the world to try to figure out what I just said, which is awesome. Men, you are a major problem, this pornography problem. And we're praying with you and we'll, we've always offered to pray for you, but you need to grow up. Because not only are you literally destroying your marriage and destroying yourself as a father, but you are pushing one of the most pernicious, you are part of trafficking children at the end of the day because all that industry is driven towards one of the highest and most valuable commodities, which is moving kids into the porn industry and ultimately into something even worse. So it is absolutely critical that we, need, we get our hands on this. So we have a situation right now in this country where we are looking at coming into a, a window of time, which happens every year, and it's the 31st of October. And I'm not even going to speak it for what, it's, what they say it is, because that's all the pagan nonsense. And I'm not playing pagan nonsense. And so where this all idea all came about is that Michelle and Leah had a call with Pastor Neil, and they said, let's have a, a on the night of the worst night of child abuse and sacrifice, which is the 31st, let's do a get-together. It's going to be a, a prayer vigil and a war against Measure 1 in Ohio and a deliverance and offer deliverance, hands-on deliverance and healing all through the night. And I'm like, yes. Now, originally I was going to go out and join them because I was like, man, you, they have some great pastors out there. Naturally, our, our in-house favorites, Michelle and Leah. And then we have Pastor Neil and we have Pastor Devonese, who was at Bars Fest, and she's awesome. So I'm like, man, I'm torn because I don't know what about this. And Michelle says, Scott, I just need you to hear this word that you, sh you need to stay on the West Coast and run it, and we're going to go on the East Coast. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. So I started making some calls. And so we are literally, it's like, this is like A-team operations here. Seriously. Because what Michelle and Lee are bringing together is like the East Coast A-team of deliverance and demon slaying. And what we're bringing together on the West Coast is the other A-team of deliverance and demon slaying. And we're going to be running our event in Portland at the heart of evil. I'm, this makes me pretty happy. I'm telling you, because I get to go like, fight demons, slam. So what are we going to do? We're, we're going to start, the events are going to be starting wherever they start, but they're both going to be live streamed and they're going to both be hubbed. You can watch the live streams off of the new, which will launch on 
October 31st, it will be the new BardsFest.com website, which is absolutely spectacular. It was primarily built by Hannah, who I used to call my assistant. I can't even call her an assistant now because she's so she's doing such a good job. So the new BardsFest.com. So someone just asked, so when will you be in Portland? On the 31st of October. That's the date. And we will get location put to you as soon as we can. We're still set, setting the location in Portland, but it is an all-star team. We have CJ and Rick, pastors, Pastor Rick and CJ. We have myself. We have uh, Brian and Alicia from the, from the Church of Glad Tidings, and we have the Cantrell family coming and joining us, and then some other pastors in Portland. We are literally going in to, like, shake it, and we're going to start somewhere around 6 p.m., and we're going all night, and we're going to have him and 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 worship, and we're going to have deliverance, and we're going to have prayer, and we're going all night, all the way to sunrise. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're doing the same. Michelle and Lee are doing the same thing. And we're going to go all to sunrise, and we're going to greet the sunrise with a sunrise service, do communion, and break bread, and call victory over the enemy. We have got to start changing our mindset. Our pulpits in this country are defeated pulpits to the large degree. They they preach this nonsense gospel. It says that we have to wait for victory, that we're defeated, and we're, the only way we're going to win is when Jesus comes back. And then you have to add that other component of like dead stone wall, skinny jean pulpit, and marshmallow pew. And it's, it's a totally neutered and dead faith that's coming out of too many of our churches. And Portland is massively guilty about this. You know, I've said before, one of the things that happened in Portland is when when Antifa rolled into town, the pastors ran inside their churches, locked the doors, and began preaching. And Antifa went to ground. And all they had to do was take their message to ground unabated, and they managed to root themselves in with some of the worst evil up there. But I'll tell you, I guarantee it, Antifa's going to come to Jesus by the time we're through. Maybe not this on the 31st, but it's going to happen, I swear, because they're going to see the light. It's going to be good. So this whole event is going to be a dual event. It's going to be one's going to be going on in Ohio and one's going to be going on in Oregon. Our location is Portland. I'm going to wait for Michelle to put up the, their location in in, uh, in Ohio because I can't remember. It's right. It's not in Cincinnati. It's like an hour and a half north, I believe. But they're going to have we're going to have two locations. We're going to run these events, and the Church of Glad Tidings is going to be running an event at the same time. So we're going to have three streams of awesomeness going on on the web. We're going to hub them all off of bardsfest.com, which is going to be great. And it's, and Michelle's comment, coast to coast, the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Ghost, absolutely. And it's going to be in Dayton, Ohio, for them. And it's going to be in Portland, Oregon for us. And then the other hub of, of nastiness, meaning the area, which is all so many witches and Satanists, and really seriously, is Yuba City. And so the Church of Glad Tidings is going to go. And we're not taking this lightly either, because this is some dark evil we're going to be praying up against. And we're going to need all of you, whether you are there, if you can be there, we want you there. And if you can't be there, we want you online and we want you praying, because this is an all-night event. Absolutely sick and tired of going through the 31st every single year, knowing what's happening to children. And it's happening. Every year at this time, they do their, they peak their sacrifices, they do their blood worship, they do their adrenochrome extract, 
They do their raping and pillaging, and this is what they do because this is this is everything from Masons to Satanists to gang members to cartels. And then I'm sure you can sprinkle in a bunch of the same, but they just take different forms like politicians, lawyers, board members. It's all there. So that's what we're doing. And it's going to be, it's literally going to be us taking the fight to the enemy. This is an offensive action. So we're taking the ax to the root. And this is the only way you can do it. But I have to be clear about this. A big part of this is we've been, we've been working on deliverance. And part of that is getting right in yourself. That's left, as I said last night, this is Holy Spirit straight up. It was, it was, you have to rescue yourself before you rescue children. And rescuing yourself means you have got to get in deep to your heart, open yourself up totally and vulnerably to our Father, and let the Holy Spirit heal you. And for those of you that have followed my journey in the last four weeks, you know that I've stepped in and said, yes, just rip it open, baby. And step up there before, before our Father and say, here I am. And that's the way we get to the root. So Michelle says, info for all of these event, three events will be on the show and event calendar tab on the resistancechicks.com. Yes. And they will also be, so I'll repeat that again. Information for all three events will be on their show. And Michelle and Leah showed, I asked for this earlier. I'm going to read it to you. Um, just so I have, you know, that they their shows are on Rumble on Fridays from 7 to 9, Sundays at 1.30 to 4 p.m., and Wednesdays at 8 to 10.30 p.m. That's on Rumble. And then they do random events, which I can't tell you those dates because they just randomly appear on Facebook just like magic, and then they start running live streams, so that's okay. But they have a great Facebook presence, and they're the only people I know that know how to use Facebook right, and at least to bring in the Holy Spirit to Facebook, which much needs it. So... You're, you're talking about their shows. You know our schedule here. And this schedule is a little off tonight, but we're going to, if we have to, I think what we're going to start doing is we're just going to start streaming into YouTube as much as we can. And um, I'll go back here and we'll keep on Podbean, see if Podbean can correct itself. But we're also going to start streaming into Rumble too. So we're, we've got to diversify our platform a bit because I can't be single point failure. And that's what happened today. And I, and I don't like that feeling at all. Because it, it's too vulnerable, and we've got too much, too important of a community. So by early next week, at least for Sunday, just so you all know, we're going to be streaming into YouTube, and we'll see where Podbean is, and then, and we'll keep streaming into Podbean, even though I, I probably sound like a garbled alien. But that way, we can keep bringing people to wherever we are. That's the problem we've had, by the way, of not being able to have a center point of information that we can distribute and let update people what's going on. And that's changing, too, and I'll share that in a minute. And then next week, by next week when I do a couple adjustments, it's not, it won't take me long, we're going to stream into Rumble. So we're going to be running Rumble stream, YouTube stream, and we'll be running Podbean stream. And, and we'll see how long I survive on YouTube. Typically, they, they don't like me too much, but that's okay. I love you, YouTube. I'm going to pray for you one of these days. <laughs> I said one of these days. It's like sitting in Satan's den, I swear. It's, it's the weirdest feeling ever to be over here on YouTube. I'm telling you right now. It's crazy. So anyway, the, um, the events are going to be posted on resistancechicks.com. And they're also going to be posted if you go to bardsfest.com by early next week. You will have the events 
information listed there. And that is also on bardsfest.com, all three streams from Yuba City, the Church of Glad Tidings, from Portland, Oregon, and the Slayers of Demons, and from Dayton, Ohio, with the Slayers of Demons there. You're going to get all three streams flowing into bardsfest.com. And so then we're going to, and then you can, there'll be in many other places too. We're going to stream into YouTube, we'll stream into Rumble. But you can find all three primary streams right there. And that's kind of our plan. This is literally going after the message and spreading the gospel in a brilliant way. And everybody can access it and be part of it. So again, three events. Yuba City. And they're doing a a holy holocaust is what it's called. And that's a uh, a worship to to God to release things that you're burdening you. And they're going to, that's what they're doing there. We're doing, I don't know what we're calling it, but it's all centered on children coming out of Portland. And it's going to be literally be rescue, heal, and restore with the, with the fire of the Holy Ghost up there. And essentially that's the same but that they're doing in Dayton, but it's focused on measure one with the adjunct of rescue, heal, and restore with the Holy Ghost children. So all of that, all of this is ch- children-centric. Just understand that because it has to be. This is getting so crazy. And we literally have to start, getting serious about taking this fight back. But it's the ax to the root. And, and it's so important that we start to get this. And I, I'm really, I've been struggling with what it is going to take to get men to stand up. And I think we're starting to finally get somewhere we can activate the men in this nation. And part of that is that we have to lean in to the children. And I'm, I'm amazed at how many men are willing to come off the bench because it's starting to settle into them as they're starting to accept the reality that child sex trafficking is real and even though we've been standing on the hilltops screaming it for years, people just didn't want to believe it. And they just can't imagine that things could be that bad. It just can't possibly be that bad. It's not that bad. It's a thousand times worse than that bad. And that's the reality of this. So we had Basel Bazon um, last night, I believe. And it was a interview over on Podbean you can pick up. It was a fantastic interview. And he leads rescuingchildren.com. It's a fantastic group, and they are all about trying to get you know, getting the children out of the hands of the criminals. But here's the reality of some of the things he was laying down. Is that right now, these organizations, which would be cartels, gang members, and other elements within our own government, are are working together to traffic children because it is so profitable. Children trafficking represents in the tens of billions every year. And the numbers vary depending on what level of trafficking you're talking about. One category of trafficking, say just children into pornography and sex slavery, might represent 30 to $50 billion a year. But when you start adding in all the other dimensions of trafficking, this is a over, it's a several hundred billion dollar a year industry. And the thing is, over the long term of their operations, unlike drugs where they sell it to you once, children they resell multiple, multiple times. So it's important to understand this. And this is where I go back to the root. What is the root? And the fact of the matter is that the root are the users. It's not the traffickers. And that's the hardest part for people to understand. We have fought the war on drugs for years. And I, I am good friends with some of those that have led the point of the spear of that fight and literally single-handedly take down cartel elements 
and cartels themselves. But the fight will always continue on that level until we solve the user problem here. And there's no difference in that than the issue with child sex trafficking. We can do everything we want to interdict the traffickers. But as long as there is a demand for the market and for the product, which is children, I hate to even use that term, but the reality is children become a commodity for these folks. And these sick people who are digesting this material, that is what's happening there is it's driving this industry of supply. So the demand in this country is so inordinately high that the, that the supply never ends. And this is, the, this is the root of the problem. So when I say take an ax to the root, it is, the first people, thing people want to think about is going after the trafficker. The first thing I think about is the end user. And that's a simple fact. So this is just one of these harsh realities we have to get to. There's nothing more destructive in our world than what this is doing to us and doing to the family, doing to our values, doing to the principles on which we live. Nothing. And yet we just kind of blindly walk along. We've really fallen far from the nature of who we should be as the children of the Most High. And it's, it's heartbreaking when you look at who we could be and who we actually are. There's nothing more precious in this world than children. Christ has told us that we can't even get into heaven without having the heart of a child. And yet we are here in this place right now with children being aborted on so many levels and we are seeing the destruction of the family at so many levels. And down to the root of the family has been t totally dismantled and it's fractured. And then we add in that component of the exploitation piece, the commodification piece, the objectification piece. And that's this whole porn industry, sex industry. And it's just consumed people's lives. This entire generation right now that is growing up in this woke culture, this wokeness is literally growing up in a world where they don't know God. They have no idea who God is. They, and they, their only relationship is a relationship to authority. Most of these children growing up, I wouldn't say most, many of these children growing up don't even have a father. Their families are broken. And so their relationship into the world is what is satisfying only into the flesh. And that means that they're subject to finding satisfaction through the, through the flesh. That's sex and that's sexual exploitation in a sexual industry that feeds them all the time. But it gets worse. And here's where it gets horrible. Because the war on our children right now is about sexualizing our children and damaging them at the core of who they are. Their innocence is being stripped from them. And the innocence is the gift that God gives us to weave this world together. And they are being destroyed at the root. The enemy knows where the root is. The enemy's taking an ax to the root. And we're standing by with going, oh goodness, what do we do? Hands up. As they start to, as they're destroying these children. The scarring and damaging that's going on with children right now is off chain. And quite frankly, it's going to take every bit of gifting that our God can give us 
to heal them, to pull them back from the brink. And, and look, God can do anything. He's a miracle worker and anything can happen. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to take one of those miracles for the damage that has been allowed to happen to these children. And while people spin their wheels and look at over here and wondering about what's, who's going to be the Speaker of the House and who's going to be the next president and, oh my goodness, what's going to happen to my bank, bank balance? I'm going to tell you, that's going to be a, sh- a very short discussion at the Day of Judgment. Because in the end of the day, it's going to be asking, and there's going to have to be evaluation of what we did to protect God's greatest gift, and that's the little ones. And the little ones right now are not being protected. Parents, if you have your children in homeschool, I don't care who you are. I'm sorry. If you have your children in public school, I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't understand. I just don't connect with it. I don't understand. You know that those are indoctrination camps. You know that those are designed to shape your children to be puppets of the Satanist order. You have to get your kids out. And you have to make a decision that may be a hard one for you financially. It may be a hard one for you work-wise. But you have to make a decision on what's more valuable in your life. And it's one of those decisions that I can't tell you it's going to be easy, but you're going to have to make it. And you have to get to the point where you can pull those children out and save them. Because if you're keeping them in the indoctrination camps, which we call public schools, all they're being conditioned to is to walk farther away from God and be deeper in the hands of evil. And the things that are being put into their heads right now are stunning, literally stunning. I mean, this it's indoctrination of children with pornography in schools, which when administrators are often confronted, they're just like, oh, well, that's just part of the curriculum. Or, oh, those pages shouldn't be in the book. No, the entire concept shouldn't be there. We should be putting God back in our schools. We should be putting prayer back in our schools. But that's the whole principle, is they've stripped it away. So with that, with the armor and the protection of our children. And they're left to wander. And they're left to meander. And there's nothing there to protect them. So the real question is, whom are we serving? And that's, we are there. I've said this many times that we would arrive at that point. We're not arriving at that point. We are at that point. We've come there. We're there now. We're at the point of having to decide whom do we serve. And that's centered on who we are taking care of in this world. Are we taking care of the children or are we not? Every single policy that's been passed towards children has been designed to move them closer to being products of the state and subject to the ills and wills of the state. And all of this is being done because of a very effective war that was been, has been waged on the family in particular since 1960s. And it all goes to the place of the sexual revolution. And the sexual revolution started with this whole concept, which was interesting because it ran in parallel with, the G- parallel with the Jesus movement. And so while one group was finding Jesus, the other group was finding sex and drugs. And the entire network of that, the sex and drugs movement, was ultimately engineered by the CIA to, to completely destroy the family in this nation. Drugs initially became recreational outlets so people could find their higher self and 
free themselves from the bondages of society, only to find that that little offering turned them into slaves of a drug cartel or something else, and definitely slaves of their own addiction. We fostered, we went from being a country centered around a family, a nucleus of a family, and protecting the family to a generation and a country based on me. Me, me, me. What do I need? And the products that we have out here right now, the children that are walking around, this is the hardest pill to swallow because we point our finger at them and we're like, man, what a generation. I can't believe how selfish they are. I can't believe they're this. I can't believe they're that. The problem is they got there because of us, not because of them. They didn't know better, but we didn't mentor them. We didn't parent them. We didn't steward them. And so we are here at pretty much a crisis point in our world. And that crisis point is one that we now have to make a choice on. We have to decide whether we're going to revive the family and fight for it or that we're going to watch. It's not about a country. It's not about politics. It's not about education. It's not about any of these things because if we're going to not have a family and we're not going to recenter ourselves on God, you're just going to watch everything that we are float right off the cliff and go take a little patrol boat through the lake of fire. Pure evil has made its home in amongst our lives. Pure evil rests in every one of our neighborhoods in one place or another. Pure evil roams amongst us and we say nothing. Pure evil has corrupted our pulpits, our corporate boardrooms, our legal institutions, our politics, and yet that scales over our eyes tell us, don't worry about it. All you need to do is vote and it'll be okay. It doesn't work like that. We have a, a very intense war we have to fight. And it's all centered ultimately on the three words that God gave me. Rescue, heal, and restore. We have to rescue the children and we have to rescue ourselves to re revitalize the family. We have to heal the wounds. And we have to heal the wounds of the men, especially. And we have to restore the family and get it to stand back up again to be mighty as mighty men and women of God. We have to get dispel this nonsense of inaction and waiting for some future date when we're supposed to take action. And it's time for us to lean into this fully and start to realize that our time is now, not next week, not next year, not 15 years down the road, but now. And so everyone always asks me, well, what are we going to do? And I think that's the most amazing thing because we've gone through this, and I'm going to address this tonight because we've gone through this so long. We've talked about county-by-county county action, seven pillars of that. We've talked about the involvement in our communities. We've talked about all of these things to do to get your local communities stood back up. And one of the most fundamental issues that happens in all of this is centering God back in your home. The Bible has to stop being a mantelpiece and has to start being an active voice in how we live. And we have to get back to spending our time communing with our Father, spending our time in prayer, spending our time reading Scripture, marinating in the Word. We have to spend time listening to Him. You know, when Joshua went into Jericho, 
it's a very important point. We we talk about this as like mighty warfare with the hand of the with the sword of the steel, and it was because they slayed every man, woman, child, and donkey. I want to say that again. I want you to hear this and think about what this what it was that they did. They killed every man, woman, child, and donkey in Jericho. And this wasn't some sort of long-range fight. This was up close and personal, using swords, axes, mace, whatever else they had, spears. And we say, well, my goodness, that was violent warfare. That entire operation was the hand of God. Joshua didn't take it upon his heart to say, I'm going to go wipe out Jericho. Joshua listened to the word of our father, who then sanctioned him to do just that and to eliminate that city for many reasons and ultimately to purge it of the evil. But it wasn't us. It wasn't him that did it. It was God that did it. It's very important to get this. And the reason that could happen is that Joshua could hear father's voice. And it was very distinct and very clear. We live in an age right now when you say, well, I got a word. And people look at you sideways half the time. They're like, "Uh, you got a word from who? I got a download from father. They look at you sideways like, what are you talking about? Like, are you daydreaming? We've become a society of skeptics. And one has to be very careful of a skeptical heart. Because a skeptical heart shuts off the voice of heaven. And the only way we're going to get back to that place to really reclaim our place as the children of the Most High. So we have to go through a series of processes to get there. Part of that is what we call deliverance. And deliverance is that piece of working with the Holy Spirit, working with the powers of what Jesus can do to heal, and not only doing the inner healing, but here it comes, buckle up, casting out the demons that have set inside of so many. Our world is not like we see it is because we have worked in a place where we have been convinced that we are flesh first and spirit second. It's one of the greatest delusions ever put upon us. And as we live more and more into the flesh, we become of this world when we are told exactly opposite. We are not of this world. We are stewards of this world. We are kings and queens of this world. But we don't believe it because the messages of the pulpit tell us otherwise. They tell us all the time, you are not worthy. We're very worthy. God sacrificed his only son for us. We just have to bring it into our heart and step into those authorities and start acting and living into what it is to be the children of the Most High. And when we start to reset these fundamental places in us, that's literally what we're doing is we're rescuing ourselves. And that's the ultimate goal of deliverance is to move ourselves to a place where we can free ourselves from the burdens that we've incurred over life, to unhook those things that we can't see and often don't understand, be it soul ties, spiritual ties, demonic ties, and to allow the power of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Christ to work through us to literally heal wounds that otherwise cannot heal and sit there and fester over time. As we walk along our life with these wounds, they become what are equivalent to spiritual tumors. They weight us down. They, they give pain in our, our life. They limit our, our belief in what we can do. 
They hinder our ability to walk in with the authority of who we are. And so in the process of deliverance, we're cutting all that free. And we're setting each person free. Hence the words, set yourself free, keep yourself free, and help others to become free. That's the goal. And what does freedom look like? It looks like vulnerability. It looks like nakedness before the throne. And it looks like transparency in the heart. There is literally nothing that is hidden. And you have to have the strength and the courage to step up and speak those things into the world. And if you can't give testimony for all of that in the world, you simply find a way to harbor it. And in our, in, in our world, we, and we, as we have been told by God's word, that as we speak those things into the world, that's when true healing happens. And it's there that the power of the Holy Spirit begins to work through us. It's there that the power and the grace of what God gives us begins to awaken. And it's there that we finally find our footing as the men and women of God. This war is an interesting one because it's being led from, its, from the root, it's being led by the women, not by the men. And it's no surprise to have the conservative pulpit jump up and start screaming that women can't be in ministry. Well, yeah, no kidding. You've got a demon in you. Because the truths have been spoken by the women to try to awaken the men from the deep slumber that they're at. And men have been neutered from their root in so many ways. And it's taking a major effort to bring back that strength to get the footing again. Just from a simple observation, even taking it outside of Scripture, just watch how things have worked and were prepped to work up until President Trump came into office in 2016. And even then, it's taken a long time. And the whole issue was that you would have a left, we'll call it left, the liberal movement, who is very good at using words, which would be classified as the First Amendment, and the right, which is driven a lot by men in their 2A, Second Amendment movement which means that when words didn't fit you, then the only response that another group had was to use their guns. That's a beautiful distortion of what our second and first and second amendment were supposed to be. And it happens because at the center of all of that, what was taken away? What was ripped from everybody was the true foundation of what faith is and the balance that God gave us within each of us. It was stripped away. And so... There is this lopsidedness in politics and life and everything that there's no discussions happening anymore. There's stones being thrown and guns being drawn, which reminds me so much of the story of the accusers and the, adul- and the adulteress. And Jesus stood before them and he challenged the accusers to find to not find the fault in their hearts. And every one of them left because they knew that they were as guilty as the one they were accusing. And for the adulteress, he asked her where where her accusers were and she said, they're no longer here, my Lord. And then he asked her and told her, not asked her, but told her, go and sin no more. There is not a single pulpit that I know of that would tell you you can't sin. Quite to the contrary, they're going to tell you, you can't live without sin. And yet Jesus told her she could. Interesting, isn't it? But when we burden a society with sin, 
and the concept that you're imperfect and you're not worthy, there's a natural step to fall even farther rather than to try to rise higher. And this becomes an extension of the propaganda to destroy us, to break us down, to tear apart the family, separate you from God, and make you realize that you're not part of a world of perfection, that you're part of some massive blump of amoebas that somehow came together, became a frog, crawled out from a pond, grew some wings, grew some legs, got a brain, somehow flew up on a tree, fell out of a tree, and got some legs, and you became a monkey, and then you became a man. That's their garbage that they tell you. Because they don't want you to see the perfection of who you've always been. So all of this propaganda that's coming out is literally a swirling mass within our brain to try to get us to tell us that we are imperfect and unworthy. And yet, here's the thing. God gave us something most incredible. And now we're going to go deep. And I'm going to walk right into your bedroom. You see, God gave us the most amazing gift. He gave us the gift of creation. And creation was carried by the man with the seed, with the womb for the woman, to nurture that creation so that it would grow and prosper and become a child. In the last few weeks. I've done research in areas that I have not done before, and I have literally left myself stunned. And you've heard my testimony because I've given it multiple times, and so it's like it's here. I've told you. When I was 40 years old, I had a vasectomy. I didn't think twice about it. And so now I get to the deeper part of this because as I do this research, I'm sitting back literally rocked at how large of an industry that has become. Remember I mentioned the sexual revolution in the 60s? Well, it started out with birth control. And then we kind of piggybacked that thing on the back end called abortion. Kind of did it quietly first. And then we mainstreamed it. Then we had birth control. But then we had the women's movement, whatever that was. Equal rights. And so then you just have to add a few agitators, then they work pretty well. And you start pointing the finger at men. You're not doing your job of birth control. You're not doing your job to retard God's gift, to get in the way of God's gift of creation. You're not doing your job. And so it continues and continues to continues. Today, there are thousands of vasectomy clinics across this country that don't get the attention. They sit quietly around the neighborhood. It's the quiet way of birth control. And there are men from ages 18 to 60 that are going in every day. An average clinic does, on an average doctor in a vasectomy clinic does 10 vasectomies a day. 10. And every one of those is cutting the men at the root. That's the ax to the root. So if you're a man and you've had it done, I'm going to tell you right now, you've had your feet cut out from under you and didn't even know. And you can't throw stones at me either because I did one and I know. So we're at this point right now where we have to start really getting into the reality of what's been happening. They have been waging a war 
on this family of ours, the family, God's children, and they've been smart about it. They lured people in with the attractions of the flesh. They broke the family piece by piece. They got the women to feel that they weren't getting enough in life, that having children was just a burden, that they needed to have equal rights, that being a mother wasn't enough. It was, it was, it was a lesser thing. You weren't to be proud of being a mother. You could only be proud if you could work a corporate job. And then they got the women to start pointing the finger at the men. I want to be like you, they say. It's not fair that you're above me. It's not fair that you get paid more than me. And so, naturally, the corporate plays the game, right? And then then it gets to the next level. You need to be the mother in the house, not the father. You need to stay home. You need to be a stay-at-home dad. In principle, not a bad idea. I mean, not that it hurts to have more time with your dad when you grow up. I was very fortunate when I was young. I had a dad that was around all the time, and it was incredible for my, for my life. Shaped me. But that's not what we're talking about here. So my dad was going to school. He was, he was excelling. And it was, it was a relationship that my parents had to where mother worked to help ensure that my dad could complete his degree. And my dad had already served in the Navy, and he did a lot of things. So it was a special time for me because I had a father who was a man. He knew it. He was a strong father. He was a good leader. He was a good nurturer. But that's not what this did. This 60s nonsense inverted it. And then women began, and women, I don't know if this fits you or not, but if you're part of this, repent. I'm just going to tell you right now. Because then women started to point at men and say, you're not doing enough to stop having children. I'm taking all the burden. I'm having to take birth control. I'm having to do this. And what do you know? Planned parenthood to the rescue. It's pretty amazing, actually. Not only can they abort babies, but they can do vasectomies. Isn't that amazing? And it's grown out to be one of the fastest growing industries in male health to basically cut the seed at its root. God gave us a gift. And if whatever the, wherever this hits you, I just need you to step back and understand that this is not a strike at you and I'm going to say. I just want you to hear this and hear it clearly. God gave us the greatest gift a father could ever give his children. He gave us the power of creation. Let that sink in. We talk about the scientists chase this idea of Darwinism and of the Great Bang and where did the universe come from? And God said, my children, I love you so much. I'm giving you the power of creation. And what did we say? I need to figure out how to stop that thing. I need to have, figure out how to interrupt that thing. I need to have, figure out how to permanently stop God's gift of creation. Biblically, we know that children are the most precious gift that ever exists, and it is what we are to nurture and protect. We know that. And we have fallen so far that not only have we lost the love of children as a whole in our society, but our families are broken, and we've gone to the point now that as man and wife, it's like how many 
can we quickly pop out before we can cut the seed at its root and never have to deal with that problem again? Children become a burden, not a glory. And the gift of giving, having children in this world isn't valued as a creation thing. It's just like, it's a, produ- it's a reproduction issue. It's a big difference. So we're really in an interesting point in our society because when you break things down that far and you lose that much value of your children, you arrive at a point when trafficking kids goes unabated. Having kill teams go out to kill children that testify isn't even recognized. Having nab and grab teams that work through neighborhoods that take children we excuse off. Well, I guess he was a, comes from a broken family. He probably ran away. I guess this. We don't even ask questions anymore. Because at the root, it's been cut. And our roots have been chopped. And we've lost that most precious value of what we've been given, which was the seeds of creation. And for that, we're lucky God didn't develop a wrath on this nation already. And I'm serious. Because the horrors that are going on, the horrors that are out here that are happening on a daily basis to these kids, it's like hearing screams in your head. Because in the spirit, that's what's happening. There's cries for help every day. And it's out here every day rolling in the spirit, begging, begging, Oh God, can someone save me? Wondering if there's hope. Wondering if there's anything beyond what's happened to them. Because these children didn't come into this world to be given the gift of being sexually abused, raped, tortured, trafficked, ripped out from their root, pushed into home after home. They never asked for that. All they asked for was someone to protect them, to save them in those dark moments and to let them be alive and innocent in the world to celebrate the love that every child has for God when they come into this world. Every one of them. And it's pretty hard when you sit on the side and you look at all this and you say, how did we get here? We can see the path, but how did we fall so far that a a movie like Sound of Freedom doesn't just Make every man in the country stand up and say, I'm going to root it out. How do we get so far that when someone like Basil Baz comes on a show and he tells the stories of what they do to, to rescue children and the limit of action goes to, good story, man. How do we go so far that people become paralyzed to take action? How do we come so far that children have fallen to such a level that we as a nation aren't taking up arms and screaming out and fighting and putting ourselves on the line to protect those generations that have not even had a chance to live yet. I don't get that. So, it's the dark scar that we have in this country. And it's part of us having to take an ax to the root. Because part of that root is us. 
And I'm not laying this on everybody to go home and feel guilty. I'm saying that this is a reality that we have to face as a country. And it's time that we lean into this and start realizing that we have a lot of correction to do and a lot of repentance to do and a lot of making up to do. There's true evil that's walking amongst us. And it's feeding on us and it's feeding on the kids and it's destroying them. And we have to put a stop at it somewhere. It has to be stopped at the level of you have to stop in addictions of pornography. You have to stop playing the games of arresting and trying to permanently stop your, your gift of birth and creation. We have to start embracing, again, the growth of families. We have to come together as communities and start working together to nurture and rebuild. And we have to stand against this evil because if there's not going to be much left. This generation that's being exposed to all that's here right now is getting slaughtered. And I don't mean it lightly. Spiritually, emotionally, even physically, they're getting slaughtered. There's a young girl at the Church of Glad Tidings School that I prayed for when I was there. I spoke to the high school. She has a spiked bracelet on her wrist. She has skull rings on. She has tattoos that she's cut in her fingers with her, with her own ink. She wears a lot of heavy clothes over her so she can hide who she is. And I was praying for the group and I was went up to pray for her and I put my hand on her and she flinched back like an electric shock had hit her. The minute that happened, Holy Spirit said, violated. And I knew exactly what we were dealing with. This young girl is has an alcoholic dad that's highly abusive. You can write the story from there. And she has been deeply scarred. I talked to the principal today, and he told me that, I mean, they love her to death, meaning they love on her a bunch, and they have people that are trying to help her heal. But her response today, in her pain, she came up to him and said, I'm going to stick a pencil in your eye. Because that's evil that's taken a root in a child. Because we haven't done our job as a collective whole, and the parents have failed to do their job of protecting her, and they've fallen into the pit. And so we have to go after the one, and we begin with the one, and from the one we build two. And each one we grow out, we find those that are most at risk, and we bring them back. We heal them, we deliver them, and we free them from those pains, and then they become a greater voice for more. And in the end, that's how we take an ax to the root of the enemy. Because that's the damage that they're doing. It's a damage that we can stop, and it's a damage we must stop. There is nothing more precious than these children. There's nothing more precious than these children. Patriots, let's pray. Father, I just come to you today, this evening, very humbled really just sitting here in the reflection of all that has passed and the pain that has been imposed upon these children. 
And there really are no words for what has been allowed in this nation, what has been allowed in our communities to run unabated an evil that preys on children, an evil that feeds on their pain, an evil that feeds on our weakness. Father, tonight I just pray boldly and ask for a prayer of a warrior heart to awaken in the many, to finally have the courage to stand up and say enough is enough, to finally have a courage to walk boldly in the spirit and boldly in the flesh, to be able to wield the sword of the spirit as mightily as one wields the sword of steel, and to use love as that weapon to heal and to rescue and to restore the damage that has been done. We need so many warriors right now, Father. We need those that kick in the doors as much as we need those that pray and heal. We need those that will pray and nurture and mentor and raise. We need the mothers and fathers. We need the families. So, Father, I just ask that you'll bless this moment. Bless this moment for a family revolution to raise it up that we can finally go after the enemy and take an axe to the root and to restore the family from the very bottom to the top and once again see a nation rise again in the love and the grace and the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It's a lot to consider, a lot, and nothing is easy, but we have to take these responsibilities upon ourselves in a big way to start realizing that we have the power to make action. We have the power to affect change. We have the power to create mighty storms that the enemy can't withstand. And in so doing, we can transform this world. On the 31st of October, as we begin, we shall end. There are two events, actually three. There are three events going on simultaneously in what is a three-point connection. Bridges that have been built and trust that has been instilled. Michelle and Leah, the resistance chicks, will be in Dayton, Ohio. Myself, CJ, Rick, Brian and Alicia from the Glad Tidings Church will be in Portland. And Pastor Dave Bryan and his pastoral team will be in Yuba City. On that 31st, we will be waging a war against evil. A war committed to breaking the chains and the spiritual bonds that are allowing this demonic force to prey upon our children. This is a war of the mightiest fashion because it begins its war in the spiritual and heavenly realms to tear down fortresses with the weapons of the spirit, not the weapons of the flesh. And we shall stand that ground and we shall share those moments on the web so that everyone can participate with us. And it is a day of reckoning for evil to turn the tides and finally press in to say enough is enough. Our children are not for sale and they're not yours anymore. So join us on those days. There'll be much more to discuss. 
You'll find the information on those events on resistancechicks.com. And you'll find more informa- equal information on bardsfest.com. And you'll be able to go to the Glad Tidings Church website, bardsfest.com website, and the resistancechicks.com website during those events to find the live streams to participate and follow along. We need your prayers. We need people united in prayer. And we need to be waging war against the strongholds of evil. We need to break down those walls. And we need to ultimately achieve the single mission of rescue, heal, and restore our children. Patriots, have a good night. I'll be back in a bit for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you in a bit for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.